Voters in Canada's largest city go to the polls in late June to elect a new mayor after the surprise resignation of John Tory earlier this year. Dozens of candidates have lined up to replace Tory, though the campaign has coalesced around a few frontrunners. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. Toronto Sun columnist Brian Lilly joins me to discuss the main contenders, what issues are front and centre, and whether this campaign is even catching the attention of Torontonians. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So, Brian, there's less than a month now till the Toronto mayoral by-election, which was sparked, as people may recall, by the resignation of John Tory just a few months into his new term. And, you know, getting a pulse of, of the race in Toronto, has it coalesced around a small group of candidates? Because I know there's dozens of them. Is it Has it kind of worked its way down to a small group of frontrunners, or is it still a bit of a free-for-all? Uh, both. And it's not dozens. I mean, sure, it's dozens, but it's also over 100, 102 candidates. And I'd say there are at least eight serious contenders. Um, and then within that, uh, they all have good policies. I, I call them serious contenders because they're serious politicians. They have been elected at different levels of government. They have experience. Um, they're sane, unlike some of the candidates that we have uh, who are doing it for jokes or for um, delusional reasons. Um, but there's one that's way out in front, and that's Olivia Chow, former MP, former city councillor, widow of uh, the late Jack Layton. Um, so she's got name recognition. She's over 30%. Everybody else is below 20, some of them in single digits, and nobody really breaking out of the pack yet. Although lately, there's a bit of momentum for our former Post Media colleague, Anthony Fury. And and so, you know, we look at, you mentioned Olivia Chow, we mentioned Anthony Fury. Who else is in the mix? Because it there is a kind of a variety of 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 policy styles, of, of approaches to politics in the front runners. Who else are we talking about here? Uh, so you've got Olivia Chow on the left. You've got Anthony Fury would be center right. And, and then you've got a bunch of people with varying shades of the middle. Um, former police chief Mark Saunders is uh, one of the top contenders. Also a couple of counselors, Josh Matlow, who many thought might have been the NDP standard bearer. In Toronto politics, uh, the NDP is very strong. There is a strong progressive movement in this city, and they tend to coalesce around one candidate. Matlow was already in. And then suddenly a couple of people we thought were going to be in didn't register and came out and backed Chow, including the guy that finished second to uh, to John Tory last time. So Matlow's still in, and he's still, you know, he's in second or third, depending on the polls, but still well back of Chow. You've got um, former councillor Anna Bailau, You've got um, uh, current councillor, Brad Bradford, and all of them are in some instances going for that centrist, um, liberal conservative vote type thing. Um, but as I said, nobody really breaking up. Mitzi Hunter is uh, another candidate. She actually resigned her seat in the provincial legislature to run, which shocked me because it it's not a sure thing. In, in fact, it's a great risk that she's running, dropping what was a, a secure seat for her to run in a pack of 102 with this many serious contenders out there. And, you know, with a crowded field like that, and as you say, a lot of candidates trying to push for that 
kind of middle of the road voter, it can be tough for a candidate to differentiate him or herself among the front runners. So, you know, you mentioned Anthony Fury kind of right, center right. You mentioned Olivia Chow to the left. How are these other candidates branding themselves? Is there an issue that they're trying to rally around? Are there just an approach that made they try and differ themselves from their opponents? Too often they're not finding that issue of differentiation. They are putting out policies about affordability. They're putting out policies about transit, uh, building more homes, all issues central to the campaign. But a lot of it is the same. A lot of it uh, sounds very similar. Saunders and Fury, I think, are the only two uh, among the serious contenders that definitely don't back the type of drug policy that Olivia Chow is backing. Now, some others may say, well, I quibble on this, but generally I agree with it. Chow wants to uh, adopt what's been happening in BC, where they've moved to safer supply, where they have decriminalized all drugs. And that's something that as I keep telling people as they discuss it with me, I say, well, if you come to me with a plan that shows extra treatment for people, great. If you're just going to make it easier for people to get heroin, fentanyl, or other opioids, and we end up with the zombie-like situation that we see in uh, Vancouver or uh, Philadelphia, then that's a bad idea. Saunders and Fury are against that. Everybody else is just saying, well, if the public health officer says it's good, I'm all for it. Well, the public health officers in BC say it's a good thing. The results, the number of deaths increasing tenfold would say otherwise. So that could become a flashpoint um, because we've got you know major city parks overtaken with encampments of just people stoned out of their tree and, and people can't take their dog to the park. They can't take their kids. They can't go for a walk themselves and enjoy it. One of the major parks has had stabbings, sexual assaults, a murder. Uh, because of these encampments. So those sorts of things, we've got three weeks to go, those sorts of things could become flashpoints and in perhaps issues where you can start seeing people go to one side or the other. And how has this played out in the debates? I know there's been a series of debates so far, including one Wednesday evening. Are, are candidates like Saunders, who has a history in, in law enforcement, going after those positions taken by other candidates like Olivia Chow? Probably the the breakout clip from Wednesday night's debate at what used to be known as Ryerson University, Brad Bradford, one of the, the middle of the pack candidates, going after Chow on her tax breaks, or her, sorry, her tax hike plan. Um, and, you know, he's claimed that she's going to hike taxes by 20%. She says it's not true. He went through a detailed explanation of how he gets to that. She never gave a detailed explanation of why he's wrong. She just says, well, you're wrong. Okay, well, where is he wrong? She didn't really have a good answer. Um, I don't care how progressive you are. Nobody wants to get a 20% a hike on any bill. Um, you know, People want higher taxes until they have to pay them. So that could definitely hurt Chow. Uh, and, you know, but right now she's running a very safe front runner campaign. She's a, a very nice, likable woman with a lot of experience in politics. I've known her a long time, uh, covered her for a long time. She's very easy to like. I think what their campaign has to worry about is, is she getting this support in polls because they recognize her name and they haven't looked at her policies or, 
you know, is the support soft or is it strong enough that they'll actually show up on election day? And when you talk about voters and whether or not they they are willing to get behind a candidate because of their policies or because of name recognition. And, and I can imagine that, you know, Chow and, and Saunders may have more name recognition than some of the other candidates. Are there issues that you feel or you're hearing that voters are concerned about in this election? Is it the affordability piece? Because Toronto's not exactly a cheap place to live. Is it the crime piece? Um, are are there other issues that have kind of come to the fore for you or you've heard from readers? The ones that we hear about from our readers are mostly affordability and then what I call crime and grime. John Tory did not face a lot of opposition in his last run for mayor this past October, but he did get a lot of pushback on how just dirty the city seems now. You know, we, we've re-entered after COVID and you go outside and you know, you could excuse a lot of things during the pandemic, but that's been over for a while now for most of us. And you go outside and the city just seems dirty. The garbage, public garbage cans on the street corners are overflowing constantly. The city just, it's not what it used to be. And there was one point where during the last election, within days of each other, the Sun, the Star, CBC, and the local CTV all had stories on this very issue showing just how awful it was. So crime and grime is a big issue for a lot of people. They, they want to feel safe in the city. Uh, safety on the TTC is a, a big issue for reasons obvious to anybody who pays attention to the news with the random attacks, including two killings in the last several months, um, uh, people being pushed onto the, the tracks for no reason on the subway. You know, I, I take the subway on a regular basis. You regularly see people backing up to the wall when they're waiting for a train. We'll be right back. Now, you mentioned John Tory. And as as people may recall, he, he left office because what was deemed an inappropriate relationship with staffer came to light and he felt that he couldn't serve as mayor given this. Are there people who kind of wish that he hadn't stepped away? Like does, does, is, is there a sense in Toronto that this by-election is kind of a waste of people's time? I haven't heard that. I think you would hear that if John Tory re-entered the race, which many people have encouraged him to do. And uh, Tory has wisely said, no, um, there was one poll done showing that he would win hands down. And that doesn't surprise me. On the night that his his resignation took effect, I was in a restaurant in Midtown Toronto. And turns out John Tory was at the same restaurant at the back having uh, dinner with his uh, his sister who lives nearby. As he came out, he was stopped at table after table, people coming up to him and saying, we wish you hadn't resigned. We love you as mayor. You should have stayed on. Um, and then he got to myself and the, the person I was uh, having dinner with. He, he's known as both a long time, stopped to chat and explained that he just felt he couldn't. So he was fine at that point with having left, even though he had just gone through 20 minutes to walk, which should take 30 seconds because everyone was stopping him to say, you shouldn't have resigned. People would have forgiven him. Sure, there was a lot of shock at the the fact that John Tory had a sex scandal. I, you know, if I had put that money down on a bookie with that, I, I could have made great, great return. 
um, because nobody expected that. But they also just felt like, okay, he's he's doing a decent job. And while I've quibbled with Tory over his policies, um, generally he was a competent mayor. And now we're looking, you know, you look at the the list of candidates and you look at who might win. I'm quite upfront. Um, I'm not a fan of Olivia Chow's policies. Lovely woman, wrong policies. And I think that people are going to regret that John Tory resigned after a couple of years of that. I mean, looking at this race, you know, you can kind of tell when an election is really catching the attention of people. In Alberta here, where I am, we just went through a provincial election that a lot of people were paying attention to, not just in Alberta, but across the country. Are people in Toronto really fired up about this mayor's race? A by-election at at any level, I, I get can be a challenge, but when you're talking about a citywide race to to vote for who will lead the city for the next number of years, you you'd hope that there's excitement. But is this is this catching people's attention? No, no, and I, you know, and I can tell, um, you know, when, when I publish a a piece, most of the time, um, it's not among my most read pieces. And if people were are fired up about an election, you know. It, for those that don't know, when you read on the website, I can't tell who specifically read, but I can see how many people have read a, a specific piece. And um, when I've written about Olivia Chow's drug policy or the uh, encampments in the parks, that gets a lot of attention. That gets a lot of interest. But generally writing about the candidates and what they're saying and who's in favor of this, who's in favor of that, you know, it, it, it doesn't really resonate. Uh, it it's not something that's driving the news agenda, and and I would say that across the board for my media colleagues at, at competing newspapers, at um, at TV and radio stations, um, yeah, we've got to cover it. But are people interested? Not as much as I would hope. This is a city of just shy of three million people. It's it's got a bigger population, bigger economy than than many provinces. I think it's bigger than uh, Saskatchewan and Manitoba combined, all four Atlantic provinces. We should care about who's leading it because you need competent leadership and it shouldn't just be a popularity contest. Toronto is a $16 billion a year corporation that has 40,000 employees. You need somebody serious at the top for that. And when you look ahead to election day, do you feel like it's going to wind up coming down to who people know more than a, than opposed to what policies they're putting forward. And I guess the other question I have is how does this new mayor reckon or, or relate with city council? Like would say Olivia Chow have a, an easier time getting through some of her agenda than say an Anthony Fury would, what's the makeup like on city council? Cause I know the mayor, even with strong, strong mayor powers like Toronto, Toronto's mayor has is, often only one vote amongst many. Mm-hmm. And, and even with strong mayor powers on most issues, uh, the mayor remains one vote um, among equals. Uh, it's just on certain issues that the provincial government has said, well, no, actually, you can you can govern with less uh, because the mayor is elected citywide. And, and some validity to that. Uh, as far as the makeup of council, it's it's a mix. You know, the, the suburban councillors... Um, tend to be a bit more fiscally uh, conservative. They're worried about uh, uh, city spending. The downtown uh, councillors less so. Um, it breaks down as you would expect in a major city. 
Um, you know, it, it, it's not clear-cut party lines, though. The candidate with the most um, endorsements on council is uh, Anna Baila, who I mentioned earlier. She's a former councillor. She also has the, the backing of, of unions um, who represent city workers, uh, among other groups. So, you know, she might have the easiest time on council, but I don't know that that Fury would have that much of a tougher time compared to to Chow. Both of them would have to do what mayors do in every city, and that is uh, try and put forward their agenda while also, uh, you know, managing coalitions, uh, compromising. I, you know, I actually think it is one of the good things about uh, municipal politics is that you do have to compromise. You do have to say, okay, well, what's something that we can all agree on and move forward like that? It's uh, Maybe it's just a sign I'm becoming less ideological as I get older, Dave. <laughs> and, and looking past election day, what do you feel is going to be the big challenge that whoever becomes mayor will have to deal with first? Probably it, as we become more active, um, I, I think a major challenge will be uh, the TTC, the, the transit system. It is still not at pre-pandemic uh, traffic levels, but neither, you know, that's because people aren't going downtown to work like they used to. That's going to be a major issue. And in the middle of all this, we've got major construction projects to put in uh, more subways, subway expansions, new lines uh, that is disrupting vehicle traffic. So uh, these headaches are all combining uh, where you've got a dead downtown, um, you won't be able to drive anywhere and uh, a transit system that people simply aren't riding. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I know you say it's it's not a race that necessarily a lot of Torontonians are paying attention to, but I can imagine as we get closer to election day, you might see that change. I, I suppose Canadians will be watching from far to see how the vote shakes out. I, I, I hope it comes in quicker than it did for you guys in Alberta on Monday. <laughs> One can only hope. Uh, Brian, thanks for your time. Thank you. 10-3 is produced by Tyler Dawson. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Brian Lilly. More from him at torontosun.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 